This podcast is brought to you by our friends at the Nexus Recruitment Group, official Bristol City Football Club short sponsors. There is a company or brand within the group that can assist all recruitment needs across any industry to suit any budget. Head over to nexus-resources.k.uk or 3people.k.uk for more information. Hello and welcome to Three Peeps in a Podcast, the bonus show. This is Monday morning. Um, Sunday was a bit of a write-off for, for more than one reason, but uh, the game was Saturday evening and it was quite frankly a walk in the park. Um, I'd like to say it was 4-0 to England, the most relaxed I've ever been watching uh, England play, let alone in a quarterfinal of a major tournament. Matt is with me as always. Matt, were you quite as relaxed as me? Probably not as relaxed as you, no, because I, I, I was sat at home not drinking, but <laughs> it was... Um, I think that the first goal early was, was obviously key, um, and then I thought we got a little bit... I don't know, not not overplayed, but just seemed to invite a little bit of pressure. Um, but as soon as Maguire got the second, then yeah, I kind of relaxed and thought, yeah, this is ours to really give away now. I couldn't see that happening. So yeah, Absolutely. I think like you said, it's probably the first England game I can remember in with anything on it and probably in my lifetime where I actually felt comfortable come the end. So yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so we've got a guest with us today, Matt, and uh, James Hansen, who hosts the BBC Radio Bristol Breakfast Show, has been given lots of coverage to the England and the uh, England matches. I know he's had flags up and he's had Martin Evans out finding the best dressed street, etc. James, <laughs> how's it going for you the last few weeks? Yeah, hi, Pat. Hi, Matt. Uh, hi, oh, it's, been, it's been amazing. I mean, uh, I keep adding on an almost daily basis an extra flag to my studio at work it, it is coming it's being overrun with England flags now and I, and I keep kind of thinking am I tempting fate you know I'm gonna to have to take these down too early but actually I'm convinced it is actually a good omen it's working. I, yeah I put the flags on my car maybe two weeks ago quite early on into the tournament we'd just drawn with Scotland and it was kind of at that moment when everyone was feeling oh it's really not coming home um, and I thought, no, no, you've got to be positive. I'm going to put the because you don't actually see. I haven't seen that many cars with the flags on. No, this. but I thought, no, I'll, I'll try and you know lead the way. And <laughs> I'm basically claiming credit for <laughs> all down to me. Nothing to do with Southgate. It's your flags. <laughs> all down to me. So you know, you're welcome, guys. Fair play. Well, thank, thank you. you. Yeah, thank um, you. Thank you, James, and thanks for <laughs> thanks for joining us. Um, yeah. So the format of these bonus shows is we'll go through the the starting lineup, give our thoughts, um, you know, without hindsight, and then we'll walk through some of the main highlights of the game. Um, and then Matt's going to do his player ratings. Then we'll talk about the next game in terms of how we might line up and then a little bit of Bristol City chat at the end. So, um, Matt, the starting lineup, there was two. there are two changes. Um, the formation went to 4-5-1. Um, Mount came in, Sancho came in, and Trippier and Saka came out. Saka was forced through injury, yeah. but do you think that would have happened regardless? Because Sancho came in uh, after not getting any game time. You know, maybe, I think he got a couple of minutes, maybe, but um, yeah, just came in and fitted in perfectly. Yeah, I, I wonder with Sancho whether um, the Man United transfer talk had been playing sort of on his mind and, and we don't know how it affects players I mean I think um, you know that was aimed at, at Harry Kane as well with his sort of earlier performances um, but the decision was kind of taken out of his hands with Saka being injured 
Had Saka been fit, I think he'd been that good the game before. You probably wouldn't have been dropping him. Um, but as it turns out, it was a, a bit of a blessing, really, because I thought Sancho was excellent. And again, there's another forward club in the bag that he's got that really, whoever he chooses out of the likes of Foden, Grealish, Sancho um, and um, Saka, you, you kind of think, well, he's got options, haven't he, all over. And that, that's even talking about Rashford or... So, yeah, no, no real surprise that it was was him. And Mount, I think, privately, if you ask Gareth Southgate, who do you trust as a player? Who, who can you rely on doing everything you want him to do? He would say Mason Mount. I think he really, really trusts him. So, again, I wasn't surprised that Mount came in. Um, and formation, yeah, was, was the game the right formation for the right team, wasn't it? The right game. James, how spoiled are we at the moment that we can interchange players and formations and not weaken the side? It's quite it's quite amazing, really, quite frightening almost. Oh, absolutely. And it's very clever squad management. I mean, you know, there's a danger to it in the sense that I have no doubt had we gone out on Saturday, people would say, well, the problem with Southgate, he doesn't know his best team. So <laughs> it's a, it's a double-edged sword. You know, if it works for you, you're being really clever and you're using your squad. If it doesn't, you get slaughtered for it. But I think... I, th- I think Southgate is a good at just working out, okay, which of the options work best for the team. And it was interesting at the end, he was obviously having a chat with Jack Grealish. Yeah. And, and uh, you kind of got the impression he was saying, look, I'm going to need you for the semi. I'm going to need yep. you for the final, you know, and, and the game didn't require Jack Grealish. It didn't require him coming off the bench. No. Nope. didn't require Foden because he was already on a yellow card. And I think he's almost quite cleverly, in a healthy way, getting those players to almost compete against each other. You had yeah. Foden for the first couple of games. Grealish has shown when he played against the Czechs and then when he came off against Germany, what impact he can make. Saka's been superb. And now this was, okay, Jaden Sancho, this is your chance. And I thought he was absolutely, I mean, I personally, if you ask me who I rate the most out of Saka, Foden, Grealish and Sancho right now, I actually think Sancho is actually the best of them currently. Um, I mean, they're all slightly different and give you slightly different options, but I'm a massive fan of Jaden Sancho. And I just think because he's been playing in Germany, maybe in this country, we're not as aware of it as we are with Jack Grealish or Phil Foden. Mm. Well, we said in the last podcast that none of the the German fans could believe that he wasn't involved yeah. Um, yeah. because he's been tearing up the uh, the Bundesliga. But yeah, it's an interesting one. And, uh, and long may it continue. Asaka mm. out for the tournament, do we know? Or I don't think so. I think it was just a knock. Um, okay. So yeah, as far as far as I'm aware, it was just a knock, and they would expect him back. So okay. um, yeah, I don't I don't think he's anything more than that. Well, the other thing that made me a little bit nervous, and you know, everyone's a professional these days, but all the officials were German, weren't they? And there was that worry about that backlash. <laughs> Do you know what though? And and I'm desperately trying to find his name, but I really really rate that referee. I've seen right. him so many times, Champions League, and. He's one of those refs that makes a decision and that's it. And you don't muck about with him. You know what you're going to get with him. So I, when I saw, I didn't know who it was before, but when I saw it was him, mm. I thought, yeah, we're, we're okay. I'm not really worried that it's Germany, you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I think it's worth saying, because it's kind of thing that never gets said, but we'd be commenting on if it was the reverse. I think this has been one of the best referee tournaments Spot I can remember. Yeah, And, you know, they, it feels like they've got the VAR working properly now. It's not interfering yeah. too much. There was one, the only one I can think of off the top of my head. I mean, I know some people felt the Swedish red card against Ukraine was a bit harsh. Frankly, I think it probably was a red. Yeah. Um, but I think, did, uh, I think Lovren conceded a penalty for Croatia against the Czechs at Hamden, I think. That oh, I yeah. thought was incredibly harsh. And that was done on VAR. 
But other than that, I can't think of a bad, yeah. a major bad call all tournament. I might be missing one, um, which I think is remarkable, actually. Yeah. Well, and the yeah. way they do it as well, where they go over to the sidelines and do it, that's the way to do it. Let the referee give him in his ear and say, mm. you know, have a look at it. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those, I think, VAR with the, the offsides in the, some of the other elements, like you, James, I thought that was a red card. I mean, I, I suppose, I think the argument was that he won the ball and where where do you where does your foot go after that yeah. with yeah. momentum? But it, it was still high. But that's the only thing I think sometimes the refs need to take into account. Look, when it is slowed down, you are looking at it in its real finite detail. And so it's going to look worse than it actually is in real time. But um, yeah, I, I'm complete agreement. I think it's probably been the best refereeing tournament that I've seen. Okay, let's move through the major highlights of the game then. So, uh, four minutes in, it was an electric start. It was a Bristol City start, Matt, of old. Uh, <laughs> first first five minutes is when we usually get a chance, and then we won't see anything else for the rest of the half. But, uh, yeah. yeah, it was um, Sterling basically received the ball on the, on the left-hand side from Harry Maguire. And, you know, he has been, uh, you know, our best player so far this tournament. Um, overall, it's it's quite easy to say with the goals he scored and the impact he's had. He takes it inside, takes on a man, and just pokes it through to Harry Kane, who finds space, and he pokes it into the net. And after four minutes, Matt, we're 1-0 up, and we can start to almost, the shoulders are dropping slightly, but not quite for everybody. But, um, yeah, what a start. Brilliant. Um, I, th- I think he was slightly more than poked on both of those. I thought Sat- um Sterling was great, his run into it. Really clever ball. And, and I thought he'd overhit it. I thought Kane's not getting that. And then, you know, it seemed as though he was right on top of it. Saw the keeper coming out and it was a, a, a proper striker's finish, wasn't it? He knew he had to lift it. Mm. Um, and then, as you say, I think when you get an early goal, the, the difference with watching City is we get an early goal and you think, oh God, <laughs> we're going to sit back now. We're not going to... Whereas with England, it just, for me, completely settled my nerves. So I think yeah. from a player's point of view as well, they thought, right, okay, we're in this now. You then realise Ukraine have got to come out and score. So that was going to open them up a little bit. So yeah, it was the was the absolute perfect start, wasn't it? Now, James, obviously you've been getting phone calls throughout the last two weeks, I'm sure, about the games and the mornings and Harry Kane in particular. Two mm. goals in eight minutes of um, European football. Um, obviously, he's coming into it at the right time. Oh, completely. And, and you could say it's the reverse of the World Cup, where he started so brilliantly and he, and yeah. he got, what was it, five goals in the group stage? And then mm. uh, and then he got that goal against the penalty against Colombia mm. and then didn't score against Sweden, uh, famously didn't score a couple of good chances against Croatia. Um, and if you're going to have it one way around, far better to be cooking on gas in the knockout stages when we need him. Yeah. And I, I mean, I must say, I haven't, ever really had much patience with the, for the Harry Kane doubters in this tournament. Uh, you know, A, the type of player he is, is this, even when he dominates a game, he, he's not going to make his presence felt that much other than converting a couple of chances. I mean, I know for Tottenham, he's become a more integral player and links up with the player a bit more. But for England, he's always been a bit of a poacher almost. But the point is, there's no one you'd rather have in those you know situations in the six-yard box or whatever. And a classic point early on in the game, you know, ball through from Sterling. And it, you know, in a way it was a poke. It was a, but it was a very skillful poke. Yeah. It was, it was exactly what was needed. And, and he was just superb. And I mean, by the time he hit that shot that went out for the corner that Henderson scored from, I mean, that would have been a brilliant goal. Oh, that goal goal of the tournament, wouldn't it? Yeah. You know, that is Harry Kane 
absolutely cooking on gas, um, full of confidence. So I, I think there have been some doubters of him. But then, you know, again, this is where Southgate's been so astute. You know, he doesn't pay attention to yeah. the kind of social media mob who, who, you know, started the tournament questioning why Sterling was in, want Grealish to start every game, don't raise Harry Kane. I mean, you know, he trusts his players. He knows his players and he gets the best out of them. It's funny, Patch, isn't it? Because we've, <clears throat> at no stage have we doubted Harry Kane, but I, I genuinely thought after the first couple of games, he looked like he was carrying an injury or just looked leggy. And there were times, I think, in the, I don't know if it was the Czech game, but one of the games I sort of said, look, you know, he looks on his feet. You know, I'd make the change now if it was me. Just mm. watching the game. And Ian Wright, I think, in his commentary said, I would never, unless he's injured, I'm never taking Harry Kane off because if there's one chance that falls, you want it falling to him. Yeah. And that proved to be the case. My, my my kind of, there's a few people on social media now kind of going, oh, you know, all the people that doubted Harry Kane. I actually don't think many were saying he shouldn't be playing. Mm. I think people were sort of saying, is, is he fit? Is there something we're not aware of? Because he just didn't look the free-flowing footballer that he can do. But, you know, again, great management, like you said, James. You know, he stuck with him. And now for me on Saturday... He looked like a player absolutely in confident form. The volley that you referenced, he he wouldn't have taken, well, he probably would have because it's Harry King, but I don't think he would have struck it in the way that he did a couple of games earlier. I think that goal has absolutely changed his demeanour and what his own beliefs are, although I doubt he very much didn't doubt himself anyway because he's not that sort of player, is he? But yeah, yeah just quality. Absolutely. Confidence is everything as a striker. Yeah. You should get a couple of goals. You know that patch. Oh, obviously. <laughs> obviously. Um, right. A few minutes, uh, about 10, 15 minutes later, there's a chance for Declan Rice. Um, it was a great shot and it was set up by Luke Shaw. And, mm. you know, from the last game, Luke Shaw had an assist and a key contribution. And in, in again, in this game, a couple of assists for Luke Shaw. So we'll come on to the ratings later. But he's been, for me, one of one of our top three, top four players in the tournament. Um, but, yeah, it was great to see Declan Rice adding a, a shot to his game because in the, in the last few games, him and um, uh, Calvin Phillips have, have both been more defensive. But it was great to see Declan Rice getting forward, wasn't it, Matt? Yeah, it was. And and when you saw the shot, it really moved. The keeper almost kind of dove beyond it, um, but he struck it really, really well. And and again, great to see him on the edge of the box, taking a strike like that. Again, confidence. Um, and, uh, you know, people, and I, I've questioned it myself, thought it was perhaps too defensive with those two, but it was perfect the weekend. The way that the two of them played and they were getting forward, um, and it's just a bit of a shame. We pro he probably actually struck it too well, didn't he? Because it was a real pile driver. Good Absolutely. save as well. Yeah. There was a chance, James, um, for Ukraine in the first half as well. And it was a back pass, I think, from Carl Walker that went astray. Um, and Pickford obviously collected it. Well, didn't collect it, sort of saved yeah. and parried and and then berated Walker. Um, so it's, it's it was great to great to see that the fact that we can we can give the ball away and still we've got Jordan Pickford in goal, who you've got every confidence in, who's going to either come out narrow down the angle like he did with Muller, or make a worldy save. That's now five clean sheets in a major tournament. It's it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, uh, Pickford's been superb. And I mean, ironically, and this has been probably quite harsh on him, but, but it was probably his weakest game of the lot in the sense that particularly in the mm. second half, he had that incident, he came out, he scuffed his kick and then he looked he looks a bit flustered because yeah. of it. And, I think he was just bored though, James, wasn't he? Well, he probably was. <laughs> he probably was. And, and if you're going to have a bad game, uh, have it when you're 4-0 up and, yeah. you know, 
he still haven't conceded a goal. Um, but no, he's been superb. And um, uh, he's, you know, touch wood, I don't understand fate, but he has never had a bad game for England. I mean, I know he's had a few clangers for Everson, which is why people were questioning him going into the tournament. But I mean, A, obviously Nick Pope picked up the injury and you wonder in a weird kind of way if that almost helped him in mm. the sense that it then removed a lot of the debate as to whether Pickford... Were, I know some people were lobbying for Dean Henderson still. Well, he then, got injured as well, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, and, and with all due respect to Sam Johnson and Aaron Ramsdale, they're not going to be challenging. I mean, no. Bowler counts their training really well and Gareth Southgate was very complimentary about them because they're important parts of the squad. They've got to keep him on his toes, but he's not going yeah. to do Pickford. But you wonder in a way if that almost helps Pickford's confidence because yeah. you know we know when you go into major tournaments with a question mark over the number one famously you know Rob Green in 2010 and then bringing in David James or, or Joe Hart in some of the recent tournaments it it, it, it doesn't work you, you need to have the number one knowing that they are the number one and I think Pickford is a big confidence player like like all keepers are really yeah yeah so, so the rest of the half, as you said at the start, Matt, it sort of did drift a little bit, but we still were in control. Ukraine were getting a few pockets of possession, but we get to half time one nil. Second half starts and it starts like the first half. Um, it was a, a goal for Harry Maguire, a great free kick from Luke Shaw. The delivery has been so important, um, and we'll come on to you know the, the other goal in a moment. But how how important is it? to get those quality deliveries when you've got players like Harry Maguire, John Stones, Harry Kane, three of the best headers in the English game in the box. And you're clearing that first defender and finding the man. It's really important to have that. Yeah, completely. I mean, you, you referenced it in the last game, didn't you? I think Trippier had one. He, he didn't quite beat the first man in. Um, you've always got to do that, but it, it was perfect in terms of Maguire's run. He was able to get a run onto it. Powered it in. I mean, I think he even said himself about his big head afterwards. But slabhead. Um, yeah, slabhead. Yeah. Um, I'll admit to thought of thinking. My immediate thought of game was, and I put it in our WhatsApp group, didn't I? Is he offside? Because you knew it was going to be close. Um, and then it was just kind of our, oh, you know, what a shame that would have been if it was. But br- brilliant delivery from Luke Shaw, and um, you know, I think he's been an absolute quality. And and actually, the start of the game, we saw a lot of the ball and was playing it behind quite a bit and didn't quite find his range, but he seems to get better and better. And in the second half, I mean, I think he came off after 65 minutes and that was what, setting up three goals again. So yeah, I think he's been brilliant, but Maguire, you've got to say Tyrone Mings probably, well, no, let's be fair. is unlucky that that he was dropped because he did nothing wrong. Mm. But I think Harry Maguire in that team, Harry Maguire plays his best football for England. I mean, he's been brilliant for Man United, but I think for England, he steps up another level. Um, He brings the ball out comfortably, plays some sort of long-range passes, but I think he's a rock with it. And, you know, as you say, get the delivery right. He's such a powerful unit that, um, you know, it's no coincidence. I think Gary Lineker said it, that he's the first player to score in two quarterfinals with headed goals or something. So, yeah, yeah, it was a a brilliant goal. And, And like I said, settled everybody down, I think, completely then. Absolutely. Settled people down. Four minutes later, it's 3-0. Um, again, we're, we're, we're in dreamland where we can sit back and relax. Um, and this time again, it's Har- it's a Harry Kane goal and it's another assist for Luke Shaw, James. Yeah, and and I mean, I must say, Luke Shaw, probably more than anyone, is, is one of the players who I've reviewed my opinion of upwards the most during this yeah. tournament. I mean, I would have gone into it going, play Chilwell, a left back, to be honest. Um 
but Luke Shaw, particularly in the second half against Germany and then the entire match, the entire 65 minutes he played against Ukraine, just superb. And, yeah. and you know, when you consider uh, the leg break he had a few years ago and the relationship he had with Mourinho and the criticism he got, you know, he's come a long way. Um, and he now looks like one of the first names on the team sheet, to be yeah. honest. I think Chilwell is really unlucky. He hasn't played a minute. In the, I did think, actually, when he brought on Trippier for... Sure, I did think, oh, he could have maybe brought on Chilwell and given him a bit of game time. Um, Because I think he might have played had he not had to isolate against either the Czechs or, well, maybe not the Germans, but he probably would have played some of the game against the Czechs. But um, no, I mean, I I think Luke Shaw, superb. Another great-headed Harry Kane goal. And um, nice to see as well, to go back to the second goal, nice to see us scoring set pieces again because you need that in international tournaments. And we haven't scored one so far. And of course, back in Russia... We were scoring loads of goals from set pieces, yeah. so just nice to see us. You know, you know, you want it, it, if we were playing an Italy or a Spain in the final, say if we were to get there, you have a feeling it might take a set piece to, to get a goal to unlock yeah. them. Yeah. What about Matt the uh, the showboating back heel to to feed Luke Shaw from Raheem Sterling? Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah, because it was quality. Um, you you could see Shaw was racing past him, and you knew that that was the ball to play. But I think. The way he played it just allowed enough disguise that the defender didn't kind of anticipate it enough. And he, he I mean, he just floats the the most delicious ball across, doesn't he? That, that Kane knows all he's got to do really is head it down in. The keeper, okay, I think it went through his legs. Mm. Um, some have said, you know, perhaps he should have done better. But I think when he's that close and he's headed down, you know. Um, but yeah, Kane, I mean, you know, as I said earlier, he, he just looks rejuven- rejuvenated. Yeah. And goals, goals breed confidence, don't they? So... Um, he was never going to miss that. He gobbles those up. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. And, and the, the cross from Luke Shaw, it wasn't a cross. It was more of a caress. Yeah, it was. Just yeah. literally just wrapped his foot around it. Harry yeah. Kane in the middle. Bang. Yeah. But it's a good point that James makes because it was a really, really nasty leg break that he had. The sort that not only could be a career ending because of the injury, but I think in your mindset as well, that must be very difficult. Um, so, you know, that it was a, a, a really, really top, top performance. And I think what's interesting is that he's come from a really dark place. Mourinho didn't fancy him at all, did he? He could have been at, he could have been out of the club at Man United and instead is, has been one of their top performers last season. Yeah. Okay. A couple of minutes later, uh, there was a ball forward cleared by Ukraine and we referenced it earlier in the in the podcast Harry Kane literally on the 18 yard box has, has hit it with the pace of Alan Shearer that goal that he scored up at Newcastle remember that yeah, one from about, yeah, yeah, yeah from about 25 yeah. yards and that's flying in and, and to be fair the keepers <laughs> the keepers pulled it out of the top corner more or less yeah great save but um the first few games we were just dying for him to get an opportunity like that um and i think on the occasions where he did he decided to bring it down and pass so great to see that confidence it's the confidence in there but but again you you also have to say patch that maybe in those early games he wasn't getting the service that, that mm. you know he, he would have wanted and it's a bit tighter um, as well wasn't it, it was yeah, all exactly. a little bit group games are a little bit more you know a little bit tighter everyone it's, doesn't want to make a mistake we're 3-0 up, so he knows that he's got a bit of a licence to, to try anything. But I think he, he could not have struck that any better. And as you said, the keeper not only did well to save the, the kind of shot as he did, but actually to push it around the post. Because even then you thought, 
with the, the fingers that he got on it, it was still going to go in because it was hit so strongly. So, yeah, yeah it was lo- lovely to see. And would have been, what a way to bring your hat trick up, wouldn't it, if that had gone in? Absolutely. Um, a few changes then. Um, well, the first change was Declan Rice coming off. So we're 3-0 three, three up at this point. Declan Rice comes off and Jordan Henderson comes on. Um, and Jordan Henderson is called into action more or less straight away. It was uh, a, a corner from Mason Mount. Again, delivery was great. Jordan Henderson runs into the to the front post, and it's all like a glancing header over into the far corner. And Jordan Henderson, you know what? What I've really liked about all of those, all of the goals that we scored in that game and in the Germany game, was the way that it was celebrated. There's a clear camaraderie, clear passion oh, yeah. in and amongst the fans, the subs, the management team. It really, really feels like a collective. And Jordan Henderson, obviously getting his first goal for England. Um, I think he he thought he had one in the one of the warm up games. He did, didn't, didn't he? he? Yeah, and he missed the pen. <laughs> yeah, and he missed the pen. He thought I'm having that, but uh, so happy for him. And four nil up. I I predicted three nil to be fair, but uh, four four nil ruined my bet. But it uh, made my evening. James, what were your thoughts on Jordan Henderson's performance there? Oh, it's superb. I mean, uh, I think Jordan Henderson is is an incredibly un rated player I think he has come on as a player he has just knuckled down in the squad he probably had he been fully fit at the start of the tournament would have been starting instead of Phillips probably yeah, but given how that. well Phillips has played um, Phillips and Rice to become our go-to midfield and Jordan Henderson is, is one of the most experienced certainly one of the most decorated members of the squad has just knuckled down and got on with it and if he's needed he does a job it clearly meant a huge amount to him to finally get that goal. Um, and I think in, in quite a young squad still, you know, people like Henderson, Kyle Walker, um, Harry Kane to a lesser extent, you know, their experience counts for a lot, I think. And you can see, you know, for, for Declan Rice and Calvin Phillips, Angie Bellingham, who were his other central midfield competition, to have Jordan Henderson in the squad is of huge benefit. And I don't think he's just useful as... Um, you know, as a wise head in the squad. He's a blooming good player. And he showed in the short time he was on the pitch. I actually, I was, part of me wondered if he might actually start against Ukraine in order to give either Phillips or Rice a bit of a rest, but also because they were both on yellows. Uh, and obviously, I think probably wise, wisely, Gareth thought, no, you've, you've got to start with your best team, even if they're on a yellow, but to get through the game in hand. Yeah. But Henderson would bring you a lot. And what he does have is he's very, he can bomb forward. He can drive from midfield which we saw a little bit when he came on. Yeah, absolutely. So they're 4-0 up on the 63rd minute. 65th minute, we make three changes. Um, Calvin Phillips comes off. Jude Bellingham comes on, who I saw a stat, actually, in the 2030 World Cup. He will be 26. Um, <laughs> Luke Shaw comes uh, off, and Kieran Trippier comes on. And final change there is Rashford on for Sterling. Obviously, being able to bring Sterling off and give him 25 minutes rest ahead of the next game is is massive. Um, and then Calvert-Lewin comes on, which was great to see him get 20 minutes as well in a, in a World Cup quarterfinal for Harry Kane. Um, Harry Kane may have been slightly annoyed he didn't have a chance to get his hat trick, Matt. What do you reckon? I think he would have been himself as a striker. Yeah, absolutely. But it was the, completely the right thing to do. You've, you've won the game. Take your players off. I mean, he, he was saying, I think, after the game that he toyed with 
should he take Maguire off? Because I think Maguire was the only other player that could have missed the, the semi-final with a book in. Mm-hmm. But he thought it 4-0, we were fairly secure at the back. So um, that was the, the the choice he made. And I thought it was the right thing to do to take Kane off and, and rest him. Um, and yet again, Southgate's got it, it perfectly, haven't he? His starting lineup, his tactics, his substitutions, you, you just there's there's nothing you could really question the bloke about for that that game. Well, the 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 um the interview that he did after the final whistle, the first thing he said was he he's been worried about the three players that he's had to leave Top out. Top class, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm remar- remarkable. You've just yeah. you've just yeah. won a court final, four 0 um through to the semi-finals, and, and your your first comment is that the three players you've left out, you feel sorry for. Yeah, I think it says a lot about the man, doesn't it? Unbelievable. Um, so let's look forward then to the next game, which is on uh, Wednesday uh, evening. And we, we play in Denmark, who are playing like a team possessed, quite frankly. They are playing for their country, for Christian Eriksen. They're every one second team. The whole bloody world's going to be against us, I think. Uh, so it's going to be an interesting one. But James, for you... How do we line up? Um, do we go back to the way we lined up versus Germany or do we stay as we are? Personnel, what do you reckon? Uh, uh, this is a really good question. I I think probably my instinct would be go with the four still at the back. However, I think there's a very strong argument to go back to a back five because essentially mirroring the system, I think Denmark do play with wing backs and you look at, is it is it Mailer who's down the left flank who put that beautiful yeah. cross in um, for for Denmark's second goal on Saturday? I mean, you know, you've got players of that calibre um, who are going to be a real creative outlet for them. You've got to take that seriously. However, <sighs> yeah, it's a difficult one. The other thing is, what would he think? And okay, you've got to think about each game as it comes. But is Gareth thinking? If it whether it is Spain or Italy in the final, he'll play a back five. Because if he is, does that strengthen the argument for playing a back five in the semi? You know, to, to get the team that much more used to playing that system. It works against Germany. But if he's thinking, well, whoever we play, Spain or Italy in the final, I'm going to play a back five. Well, then does that not strengthen the argument for playing a back five in the semi, maybe? I don't know. So... My instinct would be to go for a back four, but you know, in Gareth, we trust whether he decides I was gonna to do say, it, I think will, you know, be the right decision. I think yeah. if, if if Southgate decides to go, you know, something completely we haven't seen so far, you, you'd still trust him at this point. Um, so yeah, it's an interesting one, yeah. You would, um, yeah. Matt, Matt, in terms of your the way you approach it, um, do you bring you know, do you bring Trippier back in and go for that flat back finish? Sorry, for that three five two, or I'll, I'll be honest, I'd start exactly the same lineup as we did the other night. Um, so, that, so for the Ukraine game, yep, yeah, that would be my starting lineup. Um, and as well as Saka played, I thought Sancho. Um, I agree with what James said. I think he just looks frightening the way that he runs. There was one sort of dribbling run that he went through where he got fouled, but um, yeah. Um, so I, I would start exactly the same same lineup, same formation, same players. Okay, cool. All right. Um, so let's go through the players then. Let's go through the ratings. Um, again, it's going to be it's it's going to be great to do these ratings, <laughs> Matt, isn't it? It's easier than the ratings <laughs> we've had to do throughout this season, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not so many threes and fours, is there? <laughs> no, absolutely. Um, okay, so Jordan Pickford again, solid. Um, I think this the saving made that you referenced earlier on with um, Carl Walker giving it away. When you looked at it 
back on the replay, he kind of spoon shoveled it round the corner. It didn't look that great a shot. Mm. Um, but then the only other moment was when he went out and fly hacked that that sort of ball that came through. Mm. I think Walker got caught out. So um, I'm going to give him a seven, but that's really because he didn't have too much to do other than, you know, what, what kind of came to him. And that was the only thing he really did wrong. So I'll give him a seven for that. Yeah, I think he's been, I haven't got the ratings in front of me, but for us, he's been eight pretty much. I think he might even have got a nine the weekend. Yeah, yeah. he got a nine. Or the German well. game, rather. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Luke Shaw was my man of the match. I thought he was superb. Um, I thought going forward, he was a little bit, um, there were times he got the ball, certainly in the first half, and op- he'd made the space, Maguire had fed him in, and then he didn't have a, a ball in front of him. So he didn't have anybody wide in front of him, and Kane was sort of the other side. So, He's either having to sort of hit a, a real cross right across or do what he did, and that was just retain the ball. And it's it's funny, isn't it? I think probably fans of our era maybe get a little bit frustrated by sometimes the way we retain the ball, but it, it's the modern game. It's more about keeping the ball. And if you've got the ball, the opposition can't hurt you, can they? So mm. I've kind of got my head in that a little bit more. And although it's not necessarily the most attacking thing to watch, it's, you know, we're doing it. But I thought Shaw was excellent. Another superb delivery for the the, the Kane goal. Um, so for me, it was a nine for Luke Shaw. I didn't think he did a thing wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Maguire and Stones, um, similarly, both really, really solid. Um, didn't get beat, I don't think, I can remember on any occasion, but they seem to cover each other. Um, and I've gone two eights for them. An argument that, that maybe Maguire could have gone slightly more than that. So maybe Maguire and nine because of the goal as well. I wouldn't disagree with that. Yeah. Um, but certainly a, a, a two solid eights. Yeah, I think I, I think I'd go for a nine from Maguire. Yeah. Adding adding the goal to. Yeah. yeah. To I that. mean, it was another brilliant, strong performance from wasn't it? And I think um, John Stones will get a goal in the in the next game. Wouldn't surprise you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wouldn't surprise. Um, Kyle Walker, I thought had a really good game, but Kyle Walker is just one of those players that has those moments where he loses his concentration <laughs> and either through an un- under hit pass, like he did with the the, um, the first one. And then I think there was another moment where the ball got played over. And again, he was expecting Pickford to come and get it and Pickford didn't. And so that led to something. So um, I'm going to give him a seven because I don't, I don't think he was bad in any stretch, but hopefully he's, he, I mean, he's, he's professional enough and played enough games to know I've got to be switched on for the whole time. And I do think that's one of the downsides where you are playing the ball around like we do at the back. When there's no pressure, it's very easy to under hit a pass, isn't it? Because you, yeah. you're kind of feeling this is all a little bit too easy. So yeah, gone se- seven for him. On his side as well, he's got the pace if he does make a mistake to make up for it. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. He's the quickest there, isn't he? So yeah. Um, Jaden Sancho, superb. Um, for his first game of the tournament, um, I thought he looked really, really lively. So I've gone eight for Jaden. Um, as a, a, I was going to say closet Man United fan. I'm not really a closet Man United fan. I do. I'm, I'm an, out, an outward Man United fan, although Bristol City is very much my team. You're a supporter, um, think, supporter of Bristol City, a fan of Man United. Is that more accurate? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I consider myself a fan of Bristol City as well. But but I've always <laughs> me, me dad. Me dad went to the cup final in '77 and brought a scarf back. So I followed him from then. So it wasn't a glory hunter. Right. Um, but yeah, as per the, the game a couple of years back, if City play him, City is definitely the team I want to win. Um, but I think they've got a clever player in him. He could set the Premiership alike, or Premier League, I should yeah, say. Yeah, really exciting. Yeah, yeah. Calvin Phillips and Declan Rice. 
Again, two solid sevens. I thought they were excellent. Nothing really got through them. Um, Declan Rice, I think, again, there's, there's a brilliant tweet I've seen this morning where he's celebrating, I don't know which goal it is, but Harry Kane sort of puts his arm around him and choke holds him. Oh, yeah. And you can see Declan Rice's face is, is very much like when he um, he got scared by Mason Mount on the boat, if you've not seen that one, when he woke him up. But <laughs> So I thought they were excellent. Mason Mount's a, an interesting one because I thought he was fairly anonymous from a, an, an attacking and creative sort of um yeah, from, from that perspective. There was one moment where he really, really recognised the danger, covered in round and, and made a really good challenge defensively, but didn't do a huge amount else. So I, I'm kind of go, going to go a six, but I also think with him that, that Southgate, as I say, trusts him and gives him a job to do. So that's, that might even be slightly harsh, but I just didn't feel, I didn't see very much of Declan, sorry, of Mason Mount to, to go more than that. So I, I, I think the fact that we've won 4 nil. I, I I can't think of anyone that would be a six personally for that. Yeah, reason. maybe. Yeah, yeah. I just think he's. I don't think he put in the same kind of performance that Stones did, and yeah, Walker and obviously did he's and missed a game as well. He's missed. He's yeah, lost a bit yeah. of momentum. Yeah, and bearing in mind it's what you know, the six is what we would expect them to do. So yeah, yeah, okay. Um, yeah, Raheem Sterling. You know, you. I think you said it earlier, Patch. I think he's been our player of the tournament. Um, and for a guy that's that's come in for an awful lot of criticism, James referenced it. There are a lot of fans that wouldn't have had him in their starting lineup, maybe not even in their squad, from the fact that he's not really sort of featured a, a massive amount for Man City this season. Mm. Um, I thought he was superb again, um, so I've gone eight for him. Um, unlucky, really, that nothing fell for him in the area that he could have had a, a sort of strike on goal. But I thought it was a really mature performance from him. And then similarly, Harry Kane, I've gone an eight. Um, perhaps if that volley had gone in, it would have been a nine because <laughs> I do not give someone a hat-trick. But the two goals he scored, although I thought the first one, he did have a little bit of work to do and finished it well. The second one, I'd like to back you finishing that. And <laughs> I think I think on, on that bounce, you'd have knocked that in. So I've gone an eight for Harry Kane, but... Um, yeah, I wouldn't again, have been in the. Really I wouldn't solid. have been in the position. I'd have been sat back no, in the prob- circle. Pro- probably, yeah. <laughs> or you'd have let Tony Thorpe take it. Yeah, yeah exactly. You'd have flicked onto him. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Gareth Southgate has got to be a nine because again he's got everything yeah. right and and hopefully you know we're giving him a ten in uh, in two Sundays time um, because that then means that we've won it and I just thought it, all of his decisions, starting lineup, his man management, the, the you know as you've said. Um, and it stems from the way that the manager creates that atmosphere and the way the players are. Um, all of those players look like they're really, really invested in it. And there's nobody that seems to be coming on the pitch or not getting on that are showing the, you know, that they're, they're pissy about it or whatever. So yeah. I think he's got it spot on. Two Sundays time or or this coming Sunday? You've confused me. Is it? Well, when's the final? Is it is this coming Sunday? Is it? This yeah. Sunday, yeah. Is it, oh, well, there you go then. Well, maybe uh, yeah, I'll see him in two Sundays time. So, <laughs> yeah. So I, te- I tend this Sunday, yeah. yeah. Uh, James, just um, thinking about those ratings, obviously uh, probably an average of around almost eight, I think. Uh, it, it's great. And we're going into the, going to the semifinals with um, those two performances on the back of two big wins. One against Germany, who obviously is, is a team that's always been our bogey team, and then putting four past Ukraine in the quarterfinal. Oh, superb. And in terms of tournament management, you couldn't ask for more. I mean, I know that there were probably all of us were to a certain extent slightly underwhelmed 
by the group stages. But hey, we got through them at a canter. We didn't concede. We were undefeated. Um, but we weren't necessarily playing our best. And the Germany game, you know, we managed to be, you know, our, our most famous, most feared enemy. And then against Ukraine, we absolutely looked um, superb. And, and we are kind of hitting our stride at the right time. And yeah, I mean, I, I am feeling very optimistic about the Denmark match I mean who knows it's tournament football Denmark are, there are two teams in form this is the issue now you know every team probably Spain are the only team that you have a few question marks over there I can never quite work out the, the, the Spanish team as to quite how good they are but you know Denmark are clearly in great form we're in good form Italy are in superb form this is where it gets tough now because you know yeah. every team any of the four teams could win it but you know I think we're might be the bookies' favourites. I think realistically, we're probably joint favourites with Italy currently, and I yeah. think that's about right. Yeah, and if we yeah. just said just before the tournament, you're playing Denmark in the semi-final, you yeah. are ripping, you're ripping the hands off, aren't you? And you know, let's. I know, I know that first game, you almost have to count as not really being a, a true reflection of the the result or whatever, because yeah. obviously their minds were elsewhere. But they've lost two games, Denmark. And they um, ran Belgium close. I mean, they were yeah, good against Belgium. Yeah, they were, but they, they've lost two games. I thought the, the Czech game, the Czechs were always kind of in it, even at 2-0 down, they were sort of back mm. in it. So I, I don't think there's anything to fear with them at all. Um, I don't think we need to, you know, we haven't got to be complacent whatsoever, but if we play well and Denmark play well, we should win the game because we, we've got better players than them. And I think if you look on the bench... We've got absolute game changers, game winners. Mm. I'm not sure that Denmark have, and not not the number that they've got. So that said, their sub will come on in the 90th minute and get the <laughs> winner. But <laughs> so let me. I'm going to have to push you for a prediction then, James. First, how do you see the game going? I have a feeling we might concede our first goal of the tournament, um, but I think we'll win two one. I think there's going to be. I think I think Kane will get a penalty and score it. Um, so two one. After normal time, I touch wood, it won't go to extra time and penalties. Mm. But I think Kane will score a penalty and I think we will play well. But it might be quite tight. Do they go ahead or? I think we go ahead, yeah. Okay. I could see us getting a couple of goals and then Denmark pegging us back and it being quite a nervy finish. Oh, God, can't cope with that. Matt, what are you thinking? Gen- generally, my head's saying 3 0 England. Um right. And that's my head wow. saying it. I, I I genuinely feel that confident. I, I've, you know, I've watched all the Dan- Denmark games, and there was the one game that they won. It was that against comfortably um, in the oh, end. Wales, was it? wasn't it? Four Russia or, was. Oh, Wales. Yeah, Wales. Yeah, Wales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I I just think this England team. It, what what I love, Gareth Southgate is, is sort of it pains to say it, but even Jordan Henderson after his his um, interview, there's sort of the, the media was saying, you know, that's that's two semi-finals, two major tournaments. That's brilliant. And they were like, yeah, yeah, it is, but it, it doesn't count for anything. You know, we want to go on from this. And I think it's actually, hopefully, quite a good thing that they lost against Croatia in the semi-final because they know what that feels like now. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm confident. I'm confident. I think yeah. Gareth is, is going to get it right. James, before we let you go, because I know you've got to crack on, um, what's, on the, what's on the plan for Wednesday morning then on The Breakfast Show? Playing just playing, oh, playing three lions for three hours on loop. Yeah, <laughs> I mean we have played three lions so many times already, and we will continue doing so. I think also when Wednesday today to try 
I'm going to start playing World in Motion. We just need the kind of three lines. Another reason we're still in the tournament is the flags of me playing three lines. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll play World in Motion. Also, I'll, I'll play a few songs. It's nice that everyone's singing Sweet Caroline now because I can slip mm. that into the playlist because it's kind of like, it's not really a football song, but it's kind of become yeah. one. So I'll play that. Um, maybe Hole Again, Atomic Kitten, because we're singing. <laughs> yeah, Gareth Southgate, yeah. Brilliant. Uh, um, yeah, exactly. Um, and probably we'll some loading trans and uh, and that kind of. But uh, I'm sure I'm sure we'll go very big on it, and we'll have more flags to the studio. <laughs> Excellent, brilliant. Well, thank you very much for joining us, James. Um, we will speak again very soon, and yeah, it's been great to have you on. So uh, enjoy the ne- enjoy the coming week, and it's hopefully Thursday morning you're playing it still. <laughs> well, fingers crossed. Whatever happens, I think, even if we go out in, you know, even if it's a glorious failure, I think the next day I'll still play three lines out of <laughs> gratitude for the journey we've been on. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Brilliant. Great to see you, mate. Take care. Thanks, Cheers, James. Guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Cool. Okay. Thanks, James, for coming on. We're, we're going to do a bit of uh, Bristol City chat now. Matt, um, we've made a sign-in, and we've covered off the the, the previous sign-ins, uh, which were... Simpson, Vyman, Baker, and then Matty James. And did, I don't know if we spoke about Andy King. I don't on the last think we one. did. I think we talked about it being a possibility. But yeah. yeah, we did. So let's speak about Andy King, first of all. Uh, you know, we, we found out through an Instagram post of his a few weeks ago that he was a Bristol City fan as a lad. His family, are, you know, go down as season ticket holders, used to sit in the Dolman stand. And they used that really well in the uh, in the video, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Very, very cleverly done. And, and do, do you know what, Patch? I, I look at a lot of clubs when they announce players now, and I think so much of that stems from what we've done over the last few seasons. Yeah. You see other clubs, the way that they're trying to come up with little gimmicks and stuff. And, and I always sort of think, yeah, that's a bit of a nod to us because of... So, yeah, great. I think is as a sign-in, um, a year is perfect for me. You know, if, if it doesn't work out, it's not the worst sort of decision in the world. Um, I think the fact he's been given number 10 speaks volumes. I think they do see him having a quite an influence on the, the, mm. the squad. Um, he said himself that the, the, the last couple of moves that he's made have been made for the wrong reasons. He was trying to get in the well squad in. Yeah, um, has Yeah, hasn't quite, didn't quite work out. But Nigel Pearson knows him. Nigel Pearson's not signing anyone like him, Matty James or Danny Simpson without knowing what they're about and knowing that they can do a job for us. Yeah. Um, I don't... You know, people are starting to call us Red Leicester, aren't they? Um, which is, a, you know, quite a, a funny thing. But how many managers go to clubs and you see them bring in players they've worked with in the past? That's just, you know, look at Neil Warnock. Neil Warnock does that everywhere he goes, doesn't he? So absolutely, um, I think it was always expected. And, and you're talking about a premiership team. Yeah. These players are coming in from. So why wouldn't you? And the way we finished the season, you know, yeah. that last 12, 13 games, you needed to to put inject a new nucleus into yeah. that team. Yeah. Um, yes, we've got players coming back from injury that will be available, you know, come the start of the season. But you know, it needed it needed something ripping out and something new putting in yeah. um, to change that mindset, if you like, didn't it? It's, it? It absolutely did. I think there's still the element of I think leadership, both him, King, and and Matty James will bring bring some of that. I think you've got to factor in if he stays, and I hope he does, the, the tournament that Thomas Callas has had, he's been superb. So hopefully he brings that form back with us. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then I think, you know, the, you, you just said it there, Patch, the injured players not having those injured players and having a fully fit squad. We, on paper, we've got a really, really decent squad. Mm. Um, you know, I'm looking at clubs like, I think Peterborough have made a number of really good signings. Um, Millwall have made a number of really good signings. They've got Saville back now. Yeah, you'd, have um, take, you'd have taken a phobie, wouldn't you? Yeah, exactly. I think a, a fit of phobie is, is quality. Um, the fact it's on a season-long loan as well, you know, um, I, maybe a little bit of a surprise we weren't in there, but maybe that's not the sort of striker that, that Nigel Pearson wants. Um, so all, all things being equal, I'd, I'd like to think we'll get a striker over the line. I noticed in Gregor's um, question and answer session today, he's been asked about the strikers and, and whether he thinks it will go to the end of the transfer window. And, and he sort of said it wouldn't surprise him if they, they have someone lined up and bring that in alongside the shirt being released, the new shirt. Yeah. Um, because we tend to do that, don't we? So um, I, I hope we don't go to the, I think if the transfer window ends end of August, you'd like to have all your players in before then. And then you know what you've got as a starting point. Mm. Then, okay, pick up others if you need to. And I, I expect some players to go out patch as well. So, Okay, we'll come on to that in a sec. Uh, yeah. I'm really excited about this, uh, this Ron Atkinson. <laughs> Rob, yeah. Uh, I to accidentally... <laughs> Typed Ron Atkinson into Did a message the other day, it, yeah. Um, but yeah, Rob Atkinson. Um, yep. I just heard the interview, five minute interview on the on the Twitter. Uh, he sounds like a, a really you know down to earth lad who's come in. He's amazed by the by the training ground, by the yep. by the facilities we've got. Um, and yeah, a ball, a ball playing left left footed centre back. So he admits that he's still got bits to learn, but obviously he's only yeah. twenty two, so we will. And learning from Callas and Baker, I think, is going to be fantastic for him. But um, yeah, it almost sounds a little bit like a, an Adam Webster type player. I think when you read some of the comments from the Oxford fans as well, and I know you could probably, you could pick any player in a team and some fans are going to say yeah. how fantastic they are and, and other fans will think, God almighty, what are you watching? Um, but I deliberately went on YouTube and watched a lot of footage of him. Um, some of them quite old from his, his kind of early non-league days. And and when we say about a player bringing the ball out, he, he kind of brings the ball out into the opposition middle of the field, if not into their edge of the box kind of scenario. He's that kind of player. Mm. Um, so I, I I wondered when I saw that, it, you know, it was, um, he'd been signed, I kind of thought maybe he's one for the future. You know, although it was a three-year, maybe they're looking at, we'll bed him in, we'll see how it goes this season, um, you know, play him in a few games. The fact he's got number five, yeah, you, you're thinking he's starting, aren't you? So yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it, it looks a really, really good signing. Yeah, right age and the right sort of player that we want. Do you think um do you think that Pearson will want to play like three five two? Is that do you think that's the if the formation that he'll go with? Probably. Yeah, probably. So um, at the moment you've got, you know, let's assume everyone's fit, Baker, Callas, and presumably Atkinson as the three. Yeah. Um, and De Silva and Simpson, you know, left back, right back. They're both more forward thinking players, aren't exactly. they? Exactly. Yeah, De Silva especially. Um Simpson a, a fit Danny Simpson is obviously going to give us, you know, an, an option, but also it looks like Zach Viner has been told that's where I want you playing. That's where I want you challenging. So I think with Zach, if Zach, if, if Zach's got a position where he's told this is where you're going to be concentrating on, then mm. for him, he knows what he's got to work on, doesn't he? So yeah. stupid things like you can be training to cross the ball. Whereas when you're playing center half or mm. in center midfield, you're not doing that. So 
Um, yeah, it's like I say, I think if we can get a striker, um, I wouldn't be adverse to one or two more, but I think if we get a striker, then we've got the right balance. It's just then the likes of, you know, when you think of Tommy Conway, Sam Bell, mm. do we allow them to go out on loan? Cause you don't want to stunt their, their kind of growth. Taylor Moore, you, you would kind of think Taylor Moore, um, you know, is, is he one that we might look to loan out or potentially offload? I hope not. You know, I know we've been, we're, we're great supporters of Taylor Moore. We, we both really like him. So mm. I hope he, he stays and he's given an opportunity. Um, just got to wait and see, haven't we? But it's, it's exciting to see this, this lad signing. Yeah. Um, so looking down the, the, the squad numbers, you've got number seven still vacant. Um, so, you know, that's uh, someone that hopefully will come in. in unless, unless Scotty's thinking they've retired it. <laughs> yeah, that could be the case, actually. Yeah, he was mascot, actually, for the England game. Yeah, that was he. <laughs> yeah, and thanks, they've retired number seven, Scotty. <laughs> uh, brilliant. Um, but yeah, certainly a lot a lot of cover. There's there's still, I don't know the number because they've missed out a few numbers, but there's still, um, a, still a big squad. As yeah, you yeah. Say, say quite rightly, some of them will go will go yeah. out on loan. Um, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, I mean, you, you think sort of Riley Taylor's a left centre-back. Now that Atkinson's come in, you know, what does that mean for him? And, and you know, he's, he's obviously very young. So, yeah, there, there's bound to be a few going out. Well, let's be, fair. let's be fair. Let's be fair. You know, Callas and, and Baker aren't going to stay fit the whole season, regardless as if we've got, you know, yeah. the best the best physio in the world. Um, so you've got Taylor Moore, Robbie Cundy, uh, uh, Zach Viner, all being able to fill in there, Riley Tyler, etc. getting that good blend. You know, we've got uh, a number of cup games that will be coming up as well, so they'll get some game time there. So, yeah, lots of cover in lots of places. It's just, for me, getting that replacement for, G- for Jiju um, to come in and and for me Benikafobe would have been absolutely perfect. Yeah, I, I just feel with Benik that we we saw what a player he was, got the injury, and then obviously after lockdown was never going to be that that sort of player again. You know, um, he's now had a decent run in in Turkey, so it's a, a bit of shame. And you know, I I wish him well. Um, it's just a shame, yeah, that we we've not got to see him play for us again. Mm, absolutely. Brilliant. Okay, Matt. Um, okay. I think I think we'll leave it there. And uh, yeah, just to say happy birthday to you on Wednesday. Let's hope that your birthday. Let's is... hope I'm celebrating. Yeah. Let, yeah, let me know absolutely. what you're doing. <laughs> I should be. Uh, I should be in touch. And thanks yeah. for listening, everybody. Take care. We'll speak Take again care, soon. Guys. See you. Bye. Yeah.